Welcome to a global conversation with Bebe Voyage, a podcast about the highs and lows of traveling the world with kids. With your host, Marta Conte, each week we deliver insightful conversations with globetrotting parents from around the world. From travel gear, travel tips and tricks, to diversity, uplifting marginalized voices and more. You can find great recommendations on our website, bebevoyage.com. To connect with other travel-loving parents, be sure to join our membership program. Listen through to the end of the episode and we'll tell you more about it then. This week we are joined by Tiana Kubik, photographer and Bebe Voyage contributor, to talk about living as digital nomads, unschooling, and much more. For more on unschooling, homeschooling, and learning while traveling, be sure to check out the premium content we have available through the Bebe Voyage membership program. This podcast may contain language not suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like to tell everyone a bit about who you are and what you do, and then uh, we'll uh, we start on our conversation? Go from there. Sure. Um, so I'm Tiana. I have uh, a husband, Thomas, and two kids, Griffin and Adair. Um, Griff is seven and Adair is three. They have birthdays this fall, so they're inching to four and eight. Um, We own a photography business in Chicago. Um, I'm actually in our studio right now. And about two, year and a half, I can't even, you know, COVID brand, I can't even keep No, no. Um, Two Decembers ago, which would make it a year and a half ago, we um, got into our Sprinter van and we left Chicago and we've been converting it and traveling in it ever since. Wow. Um, that's kind of where we are. We, we spend, I think last year we calculated that it was five months total that we were able to travel fairly to like balance between because we have to be here for some some shoots we have a team of photographers but there's some things that like thomas has to shoot so we have to be here so we've been pretty successful until until this year we were pretty like last year was really good travel i I think this year has been a bad year for everyone (laughs) it's just like yeah we came back in january um we we left sorry we left in november we intended to stay gone and then we came back in january for work and then it was like one thing after another kept us here and then literally we were supposed to meet friends in um new orleans and we had to cancel that trip because of covid19 and we haven't we haven't left the state oh sorry we did leave the state once in in july to go camping um but other than that we haven't like it's just one of those things we're like we're like we're leaving we're leaving we're leaving and it was like no no we're not (laughs) So how many places have you visited since you started this oh, new lifestyle? Um, I don't know that I have a number. We've been to um, like lengthy stays in Florida. We spent, we spent like two months in Florida. Um, and then we did Phoenix for a, a little while. We did California. Um, like Malibu and San Diego and um, New Mexico. Wow. Pretty much we've hit most of the South. Yeah. We really want to go towards like Utah next, but that's one of those things where like you can own, for us, 
because we don't our whole like our main purpose was that we don't want winter anymore. So we only do like those states in the summer and that tends to be a little bit busier for us. I think we we were kind of talking about doing it this summer and then we we've only traveled like Michigan and Illinois places um, this year. But yeah, so we've been to quite a few and we've done quite a, not quite a, I feel like I see quite a bit of Canada and most Canadians would be like, you have not done quite a bit of Canada. <laughs> um, my dad lives in um, the Toronto area, so we visit him. Um, and then we've been to Montreal and then yeah. our favorite is we went to BAM. Actually, with Montreal and BAM, we did takeovers for... Uh, you did, point. you did. See, I always, I mean, I... My geography of Canada is pretty poorly. And living in Europe, where, you know, when you're thinking big distances are different countries completely, I'll, I'll never forget when the Winter Olympic were on in Vancouver. And one of my friends were going to, was going to visit a friend in Toronto. And I just went, oh, are you going to go and stop and see the Olympics? And she just looked at me and pulled out a map of the country and went like, well, I'm going here. And the Olympics are over there. Over there. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, so that's me. My sister lives now in January to the to the Yellowknife in the Northwestern Territories, which is like, so Banff is, would take us, I think, I want to say like a day and a half to get to. And she's mm. like, day and a half further north like wow it's beautiful so we had planned to go see her we were like let's do Banff again and then we'll keep going and we'll visit aunt sabrina and um yeah and they yeah. and she even so they hadn't opened the canadian border but even when they do i believe her territory is still like so no we really our, our big 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 like goal is to go to mexico at some point um, so that's kind of our... It's the border open with Mexico now or not yet? I don't think so. I don't know, actually. I don't think it is. But what I've kind of... The rumor I've heard is that it's like you're not allowed to do it, but that they still let you do it. Okay. I'm not one of the chances like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think, you know, you you might as well just wait. Oh, somebody said that it's actually open. So Nati said, open? yeah, Nati says it's open. Um, uh, see, I thought it was still close like Canada, but I might be completely wrong on that one. So, so you spend a lot of time of the year, we said about five months traveling around the US. As a multicultural family, what are the, are the biggest challenges you face? Um, so I've, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I talked to my husband about it, and it's kind of funny because there are things that, like, we just, it just, uh, it's just life. So, like, we don't really think about them that much. <laughs> so, uh, but there have been a couple of stops where we've um, opted to send Thomas in instead of me because it was that it, the area just kind of didn't feel right. Um, sorry, Thomas is white. So, that <laughs> might be you can't see him. Um, <laughs> And so uh, we've never really felt dangerous. We have had conversations about places to go and not go. And honestly, I, I go back and forth. Like when we first started, there were like huge exits where I was like, we will not be here. We will not go to this state. And that's it. But once we got started, I kind of felt like if Black people live there, then why shouldn't I travel there? Mm -hmm. So like, 
some of the southern states where I was more like on edge and I'm not scared for my far safety necessarily but um I don't I just don't want I just I don't want my kids to have any kind of experience like yeah that. I don't want them to hear slurs or have people not treat us well and so if I can avoid it I will at the same time as we've got become more comfortable with traveling in general I've kind of let up on being afraid of certain areas mm-hmm. um because I kind of I just you know one like in Florida like Florida is a very conservative conservative area and there's actually they were the nicest Trump supporters there, you know and that's I wanted to, I mean, friends with them, but just in general, you know, people you see in the store and they, 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 they've not made us feel bad. And so we've just been trying to keep it moving, like trying to keep the experience good and happy for our kids and not try to focus on yeah. what could happen without the, being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked to your kids about? this kind of racial injustice that then you might face traveling through the US or you or not yet? Um, we've talked about it and we've talked about a lot of things as they happen. We are really open with our kids and we also like there's a lot of conversations that Thomas and I have in front of our kids. So um, like George Floyd, like we live in a van like there's there's not a whole lot of ways for us not to have conversations in front of our kids unless we like go hide in a corner somewhere. Um, so they've heard us talk about those things and ask, ask questions and we just tell them what's going on. Chicago has had quite a few protests and, um, and you were already in Chicago when the protests started and everything. Yes. You were, yeah. Yes. And we have a storefront studio. So like when, um, the looting first started and Thomas and I are discussing whether or not we're going to board up the studio and like, well, should we take drives with us, which we, we actually did the first couple nights of looting. We actually pulled all the drives out of the studio, put them in the van. Like basically we packed the van with all the necessities of running our business and then like had to climb over it to get into, into bed. Um, and then, so like the kids are around for those things. I think that's part of like we homeschool them. So they're around for everything. Yeah. And so we just, uh, you know, as developmentally appropriate as possible, we tell them what's going on. Because the one thing that I, I know about kids for sure is that they know. Like you could try to hide things from them. You can try not to tell them. Um, but they have that sense that tells them, and I think we all have it, right? Yeah, and you know, it's, it's absolutely true. I, it's completely different things, but like when my parents were going through a divorce and they were trying to be, you know, in front of my brother and I, and they were trying to, to, to hide what was going on to, to kind of keep us safe and protect us from, you know, the arguments and things. But you know, you sense that something isn't right. So it'd be so much better if you just talk to them about it. And, and that actually makes it less scary because you know what's going on. Exactly. You know? And, and as a social, emotional, like, learning experience for your kids, I know as an adult, one of the things that I'm working on now with myself is to trust my instincts. And I feel like when we don't tell kids what's going on, they feel things, and then basically we gaslight them unintentionally by telling them that, everything's fine. And they're like, but it doesn't feel fine. And then they become yeah. adults who don't 
understand that feeling of not being fine means you need to act on what's going on or you need to figure something out. So we very much tell them the truth about things so that they know like if they see they see mommy crying a little bit <laughs> like I'm an emotional person um they they understand why instead of just feeling the why and not not being able to connect with it and my hope you can check back in like 10 years is that that will help them be more emotionally regulated that they can trust that the feelings that they have are connected to the thoughts yes. that they're having and not that they are not understanding why they're feeling certain energy around things so and i think it's it's so important and you're absolutely right and i'm sure that when we check in on 10 years time you you were in the right track already so no i, I agree i totally agree um somebody's asking how does living a minimalist lifestyle affect your traveling both positively and negatively that's such a good question thank you lauren yeah um okay so first of all we do not live a minimalist lifestyle <laughs> Um we, we come we try to come really close. I will say it is definitely um shaped how we do things and how we view stuff. Um but most a lot of them like us just have their van and everything they own is in their van. We have a photography studio with a basement storage. And so we did we got rid of like so much stuff, but we we like seasonal clothes are downstairs um like all our winter clothes are packed away in the basement so it's not like you know if we didn't have this we would have to be like well we own two sweaters and two tank tops and that's like all of our things we actually keep a little bit more than that but we do think more consciously about it because mm-hmm. we i don't want to keep stuff downstairs like in storage at all like that's not my goal it's just like you know it's just the uh, meant to be the i absolutely cannot let go of this dress yeah i'm not going to wear it in a van but i'm just i can't let go of it kind of thing so we do that um but toys um clothing even down to like random things that that we would normally be used to just be like oh we want it so we bought it now we're thinking like well where is that going to go and are we really going to use it and um and i i honestly i like it i like it a lot because so many things we bought that like i just 6 months later i'm like why did we even buy this yeah. why do we even have it And But to be fair, to be fair, I think is an approach that most of us should do, you know, regardless of where you live. If you don't really need it or you think you're going to use it for 2-3 months, do you really need to buy that just to store it in the house, you know? It's, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, that was part of the reason of putting stuff in the studio storage was because we weren't sure we would like van life. We weren't sure what it would hold and we were like well let's keep like our dining room table and the bed that i spent like a year trying to find <laughs> let's keep those things and see how we like it and then when we came back we were like let's just get rid of all of it but we we had started that in january and then covid hit and then it was like so now we still have all this stuff that we now want to get rid of now so now now we're totally on board with like we don't need any of this stuff let's yeah. just get 
Um, and the kids are surprisingly good about it. They, they ask for stuff. Most of the time when they ask for stuff, it's stuff they really, really, really want. Um, and then, like, Griff has so many Legos. It's ridiculous. And we told him, we, we went through, through it with him and told him, like, go through and pick out what you really want and the rest of it we're getting rid of. And he didn't throw a fit about it at all. Like, he was just like, okay, well, it's mostly, like, the Star Wars Lego stuff. He picked that stuff out, and then he was like, the rest of this can go to some other kid. Yeah. Which yeah. surprised Well, you know so. what? We did that every Christmas because Ali is born just after Christmas. She's January. So before Christmas hits, I make, we, we go through all of our toys, and we do two piles, one to keep and one to give to charity. And every year I make a choose, what do you want to keep? What do you want to give away? Because there's no point keeping everything if you play with three things and there are maybe other kids that might need it or might want it or don't have it or don't have the possibility to, to, mm -hmm. to buy it. So we, I think it's something, we do this every year and it's surprisingly easy how she let go of stuff now because she's used to it and, and she knows that, you know, for someone else, so... Yeah, I think it's a, good, it's a great thing to do with kids. I think we sure. also, we're not, we're, we, don't, we, don't, we don't circle buying them things around holidays. Like we do buy them gifts for holidays, but we, if they ask us for something and it's reasonable and we can do it, we will get it for them. And mm -hmm. so I think part of them being able to let go is they're, 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 they're not thinking that we're going to say, they're not thinking that this is like the only thing that they're ever going to get. Yeah. So they have to hold on to it. Um, so, and, and when we can't, we're really honest with them. Like, like right now, like our budget's tighter. And so we're, there are things that they've asked for that I've been like, no. Nope, <laughs> You're not spending money on that right now. But I think because we've tried to be, we've tried to be generous with what we have that like they, they don't feel that they have to hold on to things because if he gave away all his Legos and the next year, like he wanted to build something and we had the money to help him build that thing, we would be buying the Legos again. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think he's, I think they're flexible like that. At least yeah. I think. No, absolutely. Juliet is saying it's crazy how much crap we accumulate. It's so wasteful. It is. But I, yeah, totally. I think, you know, it's, uh, um, when we moved house and we were packing and it's like, you know, the amount of stuff that was in boxes from our previous move that we never opened because yeah. we didn't need it, we didn't use it and it just stayed in boxes for five years and then moved to another house and it's still in boxes now because I don't want to open them and see what's inside. Right, exactly. Well, so when we first left in December of 2018, um, the van had, I think we had did the insulation and that was it. And then Thomas built like a platform bed. We threw the mattress and all this stuff in the van. And we're like, let's go we'll finish the van on the road. And it was way too much stuff. When we finally got around to like, we actually rented a house for two weeks so that we could get the cabinets and the sink and stuff in. And then we tried to put all the stuff back in the van and we were like, this isn't going to fit like with the bill, like none of this stuff is going to fit. So we ended up getting a storage unit in um, Florida, putting a bunch of, cause we were hanging out in Florida. So we put it for like two months, we put a bunch of stuff in Florida. And then when we came back, we brought it all with us and we, and we, and then we got rid of a bunch of stuff. But I've noticed every time we've left for a good amount of time, 
each time we take less stuff with us. So we did that one huge mistake where we took, like, well, we couldn't even, like, I literally, I think most of the drive back from Florida, we had stuff under our, like, under our feet. <laughs> um, and then when we left again, for, and we left again, like, a month later, uh, like, we took half the amount of toys, we took, like, one pot instead of three, and... Even then, like, we did that trip, and then we came back, and the next time we left, we were like, we, we half that amount of toys again. And we were like, you know, we took half the amount of clothes. So each time we're, like, realizing what we can actually do without. And I think the first time we left, we left as, like, not van lifers. Yeah. So we thought we needed, like, all of these clothes. And I thought the kids needed, like, games and all these things just to realize that most of the time they just want to dig a hole somewhere and so we like park the van and all they want is and they have so now they have one shovel each and like a bucket and those are their sand toys and that and they love it and that's what we do and but it took several rounds of us being like just like cutting out what we take in order to get there so that's really interesting. Um, so talking about the kids, how did they adapt it to this new lifestyle of, you know, moving around and not being somewhere on a regular bit? You know what I mean? Yeah, this nomadic so, lifestyle. So there's certain parts of it. Adair, has, she's three. So she was one and, one and a half, one and a half when we started. So she really doesn't know any difference than being with us. Griff did preschool for two years before we started homeschooling, but his preschool was a nature preschool. So they spent a good chunk of their mornings outside. So as far as like that aspect of it, it feels very much like who he is, like getting to go camping and walking around outside and being outside. Um, the moving from place to place I think it was, it, I wanna, I'm trying to like think if it was hard for them at first. I, I'm, I'm thinking it may have been a little hard for them at first, but it was an adventure. So when it was an adjustment, it was also very adventure-y feeling. Yeah. It was new. So we, we actually went and visited family first, and then we, hit, we went to actually visit my dad in Canada, and then we dropped down to Florida, and we rushed. We were trying to make it to Key West by Christmas. And so it was very exciting and fun for them. Um, and by the time it got boring, like it's like boring as in like, this is just life now. I think that they were just used to it. Yeah. Um, Adair doesn't do great on super long drives. Um, so we just know that with her, like we have like maybe five hours before we have to, we have so. to stop and do something and do something it can't just be like a five minute stop it has to be like a stop and like go for a walk or something like that um but griff is pretty chill he like he'll but he'll like read read and play legos we tried a couple different desks and they don't really work um, but uh he'll do he'll, he'll talk he'll talk he'll talk to you the whole 24 hours. You drive 24 hours, he'll talk the whole 24 hours. So he's pretty good. Um, and we found routine in not having a routine. So yeah. like, like we sleep in the same beds every night. So like, even though we're in a different area, we still have the same beds. Yeah. So I think that, that helps. 
But I've seen, like, we before we left, we followed a ton of families. Like, we followed, like, the Bucket List family. I don't know if you're familiar with yes, that. Yes. Like, who oh, isn't familiar with the Bucket List family? <laughs> I think if you travel, they're one of those, you know, Instagram accounts that you have to follow because their trips are just amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and their, kids don't, their kids don't even sleep in the same bed every night. And their kids are having an amazing time. And I, I'm sure they have their struggles like any parent. But, yeah. like... Stuff like that, I think, leading into it that got me to let go of, like, we need all these routines and we need to, like, um, have everything be the same and being worried about it. Uh, like, I, I was able to see so many families already doing it um, that you're able to create traditions and routines even when the typical traditions and routines aren't there. Yes. So that's kind of what we've aimed for. Like, you know, like I said, we sleep in the same bed every night. When we wake up, we do the same routine. We actually just started um, the kid. Like, I bought some crystals. And so the kids are really into looking at the crystals every night. Um, so little things like that where we can do those things no matter where we are. And our days can look different. And and it's fine. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So how long? Does it take you to plan before you leave? <laughs> or do you not plan at all? <laughs> um, we, we have, we have, so when we, when we, when we yeah, we have very loose plans. Um, when we had, la like, last summer when we left for two weeks and we were in Chicago for two weeks, it was more planned just because we had a shorter amount of time. But when we left the first time, it was like, let's go to Florida and see what happens. And then um, that's pretty much how we like it. And even though, like, we, we, we actually had a time, we went to Key West twice. We went to Miami, we went down, sorry, we went to Key West, came back up to Miami, and then we went back to Key West after, like, a month. And when we went back the second time, it was so hot. It was, And we were used to the heat, but it was so hot. And so we had planned to, like, hang out for, like, three days. And it was one day. And we were like, let's just get back. <laughs> let's just get out of here. And, and that was kind of like when we had this, like, this is the beauty of van life. Because we didn't have to check out of a hotel. We didn't have to discuss with anybody that we wanted to leave early. We didn't have to do anything but, like, drive away. And so that's what we did. And so that and that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, we have a couple, like, RV park memberships and so those require more planning but we try to stay loose we hit yeah. Phoenix we really liked Phoenix so we stayed for a while um and then only a few things make us like there's only been a few like we had a wedding to go to so that was like a deadline and things like that where we have to hit deadlines but for the most part we try to be flexible and we kind of just try to talk about where we want to go and go there griff wants to go to hawaii if we could drive the van to hawaii we would do it yeah <laughs> unfortunately not not as easy <laughs> not easy. so but yeah obviously traveling fun. so much you and i talked about homeschooling unschooling before um what do you do with the kids do you homeschool do you unschool how do they you know how do they adapt it to it so I would say if I have if I have to label it, I would label it as unschooling. Um, but we're not. I would say we there's some things like we do reading and writing every day. Um, but I'm not. It's not a curriculum. 
um, we we read. Uh, sorry, I thought the book was next to me. I was going to show you. <laughs> must have taken it with him. Oh, he has a series he really likes called the Bad Guy um, Series. I'm so just going to been... stop you quickly because someone is asking what's the difference. Be- Julia is asking what's the difference between homeschooling and unschooling. Oh, yeah. So, like, unschooling, homeschooling is like the umbrella term, I feel, for, like, schooling within your family. Mm. <laughs> like, going to school, you are homeschooled. Um, but within that there's actually quite a few terms there's world schooler and this i would say we're kind of like a bunch of you world schoolers old schoolers unschoolers do you you feel like the the homeschooling the the traditional homeschooling is more structured than what you do yes definitely yeah i mean and we it's changed she's griffith's a little like he'll be what would be a second grader i try i try not to like keep track of him in terms of grades but when explaining to people where he would be he would be a second grader and so for kindergarten and first grade uh those those years were a lot more just hanging out like we we played and we traveled and we looked at stuff and we did things and um with unschooling it's uh following his interests and so we do that most of the time even as a second grader Um, he really likes Legos and Star Wars, so we signed him up. There's like a Star Wars writing camp that we or camp that we signed him up for, and um, he wants to learn the code, so he's taking a coding class. And many, many unschoolers would even say with reading and writing that you wait until they are 100% interested. And I 100% love that and the families that do that I have a lot of respect for that my nerves just are not there where I can tr- like trust myself to let go of of that piece of it mainly yeah. because he's a doer he's very much he wants to do things he wants to build things and do coding and so stop telling him that he need even though I've had conversations with him where I'm like you need to read and he's like but why like And I'm like, because if you want a job doing these things that you want to do. <laughs> you need to read. So uh, we, we work on that as like a, a my agenda thing. But I think every child is different. And there are some children that take to it maybe a little bit quicker or easier because it's the natural inclination of wanting mm-hmm. to learn to read and write and that kind of things and children that need a little bit longer and I think you need to follow what your child needs are. every child is different there is no perfect manual to you know you follow this and everyone is going to turn out the same so I think you, you you know I think you're doing the right way that I think if you're thinking that I need to push this because I know the way you are and otherwise we might not get there <laughs> so. we, he would get there eventually but it would I definitely think with him, like, and my, my three-year-old, Adair, like, I think that she's all about, I mean, she's scribbling, but I see even there where, like, he, he was never really that interested in, like, art and writing and things like that. He's, like, always wanted to do the building stuff um, or the nature stuff, and she very much, like, she has her own notebooks that she, like, I wrote you a note, Mommy. <laughs> I'm sure that she, if I were to just leave it up to 
her, she would be, re and she's a second. So like, she wants to do what he does. Yeah. So like, if he's learning to read, she wants to learn to read because she doesn't get that there's an age difference. Um, so I'm sure like, if I left it up to her, she would teach herself to read. But with him, he needs a little, he needs a little more encouragement to do yeah. it. And, and that's um, fine. You know, I think he, as I said, you know your children best and you know where you need to push and when you need to not push, you know, like for everything. So, you know, I, I think follow your instinct that they usually, a mother instinct are usually right, you know. Exactly. And, and, I, so. and I feel like that's what I love about him not being at school is I feel like school probably would have pushed reading. He may, he maybe would have read earlier, but he, I feel like he still would have had the same struggles with it. Yeah. So we're able to take it slower and fit in more things like reading Star Wars books and reading the bad guys books and and things like that than I feel like he would have gotten in school. I feel like it would have been a hard like I remember I actually remember I had a tutor for reading and to this day like it was it's very difficult for me to read out loud like having kids was great because it forced me to do it all the time and I was I was a preschool teacher but even as a preschool teacher I got nervous about reading to kids out loud and I feel like that's because I I had such a hard time when I was a kid with reading that yeah. like it just feels it's like all this anxiety built up so I'm hoping that being able to take it at a slower pace and take it as like a way for him to explore things he loves, that he's not gonna build up that same anxiety about it. No. But that's, that's my hope. <laughs> that's and, what I'm and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're doing <laughs> the right thing. You have all my respect because if there is one thing that COVID has taught me is that I am not meant to homeschool anyone at all. <laughs> I, I have never been happier to hear that Ali is going back to school in September. And I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm fine. All right. Well, here's the thing. I've, got, I've gotten burned out. Like, actually, I would say we, the two of us, Griffin and I, have gotten burned out on each other. And then I just signed him up for out-school classes. And I'm like, so I'm done. We're done. I'm not teaching you anything for a while. Let's look at out-school and see what they have. <laughs> And so no. the only thing I have to do is get him to a computer <laughs> and log him in. And he, he doesn't, you know, it's, it's to, it is totally different. He doesn't, he doesn't give them a hard time. But he that's the thing. Anything. I mean, you were, a, you were a preschool teacher. I used to teach uh, in primary. And it's like, I have so much more patience for children that are in mine than mm -hmm. my own kid. Maybe because I expect more from her than other children. But I've realized that the patience I used to have with other people's children is not the same level of patience I have with my own child. And then when we were sitting down during lockdown to do to practicing writing and letters and numbers, I was just like 10 minutes in and I looked at my husband and going, you're taking over. I can't do this. <laughs> I just cannot do this. Right? Yeah. It, well, I think the interesting thing is that so much of my emotions are wrapped up in them. So when I was a teacher, it was a job. And I actually remember very clearly, like, I had one day where um, I can't remember what happened that night, but I was, I was a mess the next day. We stayed up all night to put flooring in into our house. And, and I stayed up all night, and I was a mess. I like things made me cry. I was a mess all the way to work. I got to work. I locked it up. 
top full day of preschoolers, got back in my car and balled all the way home. And yeah. that's because it was a job. And I was very clearly like, I'm on the class. I cannot leave my job. So I cannot sit in front of a bunch of three-year-olds crying about yeah. how tired I am. And and then that was it. But when it's when when it's your kids and it's all it's all wrapped up. So like, you know, I we own a business and when something is not going well with the business, I still have to be with my kids, but but like I have both of those things playing at me at the same time. There's no okay, shut the business brain off, I'm mom now. And mm-hmm. so I you know, it's a big a bit of a lot of the struggle. I, I honestly say I say I seem I would say like seventy percent of the time where I flipped out on my children have had nothing to do with them. It's had think, to do yeah. with an email I got or the scheduling is not going the way I want or something's not going the way I want in some other aspect. And they were just like Yeah. Like they did something a little annoying or they did something they did something wrong, but it wasn't that big a deal and my brain was just like Ah, so it's that's where like school is nice because I think teachers or I know teachers because I was one are are better at creating that separation. They care a lot about your kids, but the and I the, there's a difference. And when you're a parent, you understand the difference in the way you don't before you're a parent. That there is a clear difference between your child and other people's children yeah. <laughs> no, no matter how much you absolutely and and the way you you guys live you know as you say everything is together so you it's not like even you have these are office hours and i compartmentalize my office and my job to these hours and these are the time that i spend with the kids because they are home from school and these are my family hours for you is all together every day so things overlap and things get mixed up and that's where you know this is what i i struggled with covid of being together in between four walls the three of us i i, I could not it was just like it's too much i i love you guys but i need you to you go back to your office and you go back to school because i need some time you know and you they need the time from me because you know i think and i think that's what is difficult So I, you have all my admiration for doing it because I would not survive it. I <laughs> well, did. I think a big part of it though, is that we, like, so we work, the like, one thing we've worked so hard on is independent playing. Um, and Griff, to, I think because he was an only for four years, he plays wonderfully by himself. Mm-hmm. And Adair, not so much, but we've worked on it. Like we've, we've literally done exercises where I've sat next to her and we've played together. And then I've been like, I'll be right back. And I go away for like 10 minutes just to like, she's going to play by herself for 10 minutes. And we've worked up to her being able to play on her own. And that is the only way that we've been able to like have this space where we can all be together and get the things done that we need to get done is because Griffin will go and play by himself for like three hours. A lot of times like he will cry because we want him to come do something else. Um, and, and if you're working up to, she'll sit next to me and play by herself, but like having them be able to play independently and not need us all the time yeah. has been like, a, like, it's, like I said, like if, if they, if they were not that way, there'd be so much, it'd be even harder. It's already hard a lot of the times, but it would be even harder if, 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 if they were like, mommy, color, mommy, play, mommy, do this, mommy, do that. I'd be like, look, 
you guys need to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because that's the thing, you know, Ali is an only child and, uh, and she's quite independent and quite, you know, she can play by herself quite a lot. But since having both of us at home, Mm-hmm. she has played so much on oh daddy come and play with me and mommy come and play with me because now we're all at home so she can rely on both one of us usually my husband going really soft and going yeah I'll come and play with you and then it's like you just ruined four years of really hard work of making a play by yourself because now it's like oh but I don't want to play by myself and it's just like no please I need to finish this I think and, yeah. COVID, even for us like even for us like I say my kids can play really well by themselves but like they still they would play with other kids and so I think with COVID there's this guilt that like okay I'll yeah. play with you because you don't have they, I mean they have each other but yeah um, but that's my husband the soft one yeah. that you know always goes yeah I'll do that <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> Honestly, having him at home since working from home since COVID has been like, you have undone so much of my hard work in three months of you being home every day. (laughs) (laughs) You need to go back to your office. Right. Oh, So what do you think are the best benefits, the biggest benefits you gain with this new lifestyle? Oh, um... I think that I think we've gained a little bit more. I don't really like using the term work life balance, but essentially that's what that's what everybody understands. Yeah. But basically, I feel like when we when we were here and we had an apartment, we had our business that like we were open. Like I I, I answered uh, all of the emails, so like. We were open 24 hours a day, basically. If I was awake, I was going to answer your email. If I, you know, if we were free, Thomas would shoot your session. And when we left, it became like, you know, we're doing things with the kids. Like, we're, we're actively in the middle of, like, you know, some mountain somewhere. <laughs> like, so, so it had to be a little bit more intentional about like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get the work done and then we're going to go do this thing. And then when we come back, I'm going to get some more work done. Um, instead of like, you, like you said before, instead of everything just being completely mixed together. And, yeah. and um, so we're, we've, we've learned a little bit about that. Uh, we've learned a little bit about what we need to, to be happy um, I, I joke all the time that like when I was younger, the thought of having kids was like, well, you need like a house and so many bedrooms and you need this kind of job and this kind of car before you can have kids. And well, the first thing, like we had none of that when we had the kids, but also now it's like, I'm happier in a van. Yeah. <laughs> Than I was in an apartment, and then and that I feel like I would be in a house. Um, and nothing we don't ever want a house or anything like that. But right now, this feels like I'm more content in with less than I feel like I would be with the things that I expected or what adults needed to be happy. Yeah, um, I'm guessing you also miss out less on what your kids are experiencing and 
and you know going through life and growing you know you're actually there all the time to, to see it to witness it and it's it's really good you know it's yeah. something that I think a lot of parents don't have the possibility um, and then we miss out a lot on a lot of things which you know well I had, a, I had a couple parents say that they realized during like so like their, their teachers would say things about their kids and they'd be like I don't know this kid that you're talking about, but then they realized during the shutdown when they were doing schoolwork with them and, and basically, I guess, I guess, uh, seeing the whole spectrum of yeah. who their kid is, that they're like, I see what the teacher was talking about. Yeah. And like, she's right. She was right. And, or even like discovering that their kids have, um, like they need like uh, more help in certain areas because mm -hmm. parents weren't able to see it. And so I think especially um, it's really interesting to see how they, how our kids learn and as unschoolers, because the whole point is to help them do more of the things they're interested in. So that's like most of what I'm looking for. Um, it's interesting to see how things develop with them like how how legos became minecraft and minecraft became coding and um and i think all kids go through that and all parents see it it's just i've had to like really zone in on it because i also want those things to help them gain the life skills that they need so yeah. you know i didn't realize that star wars has a choose your own adventure series so i was like great we're gonna get that you know, like those kinds of things that we're having to like. What really did you? Where did you get all your information about unschooling and homeschooling? Do you did you just Google and read a lot about it, or you know? For the most part, yes, I I do a lot of googling, and we started. I think it kind of for for us, it came up. Uh, kind of slowly, um, we started, and because of, I knew kindergarten that, like, I, kindergarten for me is play, and so we've been just doing a lot of playing with, when he was in kindergarten, and then as we've realized, like, okay, well, he could stand to have a little bit more reading in his life, and so I would look at all the reading curriculums, and I'd be like, well, this looks like boring poo like you know like no, we don't want to do this and because of our lifestyle keeping up with the curriculum for me like I just like it just seemed it just seemed like it wouldn't happen yeah. like we would be like oh we're traveling for two weeks and then okay now we're back on the curriculum and then we're gone again or we have to carry all this stuff with us in the van and so it came about slowly and it wasn't it was probably like a year into it that I even, I knew about unschooling, but I didn't really think of us as unschoolers. Um, and then about a year into it, I started really like reading more about it and getting more into it and trying to figure out how to explain, it was more so about explaining it to other people and like trying and trying to figure out how to explain how we educate our kids to other people. I just started reading a lot about it um, and and coming across resources for it. There's a, there's a website. Um, oh, goodness. I'm drawing a blank now. It's the... I have to get back to you. It's like the okay. unschoolers, but it's not, and it's not at the top of my brain right now. Um, Don't worry, we can add it later. Um, <laughs> on, uh, 
on the other hand, what is the thing that you miss the most about, let's call it a nine to five kind of life, you know? The, the... Um, so right now with COVID, I think that like, like job wise, I miss the problems being someone else's problems. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of freedom in business ownership, but there's also a, so much responsibility, and especially right now, that feels a little bit crushing. Um, and so there is a little bit, like, I have friends who are, like, they have to work from home, but their job was never in question. And I'm like, ah. <sighs> <laughs> the stress of like having to work from home but just like the thought of not having to worry about your paycheck oh my gosh <laughs> what would I yeah. do uh, and as far as family life goes hmm what do I miss I think we I think I think sometimes I do want like a space that that's not changing and i think but i think again that's more of a covid thing because we're we, we're in the van but we're also in the studio but not really it's like we're kind of in this funky in between right now and i didn't really feel it when we were on the road but like right now like like to have a bedroom <laughs> would be yeah. nice right? um but again like i, I don't I don't normally feel that way. It's just, I think, more so about... More of a co- yeah, more because now is... Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about getting an apartment, but it seems like it's because you don't know, you don't know what's next, right? So, nope. like, in the beginning, it was like, well, what are we going to get an apartment for, like, two months for? Like, we're fine. And now, even now, we're like, well, we hope that November, December will take off again. So, again, it's like, well, what are we going to get an apartment for? It's just yeah. a couple months. But then at some point, I'm like, how long is this going to be? Maybe we should just get <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, it just feels like, you know, I, I can't believe it's almost the end of August. And this entire year, has, it's gone, you know. And I don't know what happened to this year because we were in February and suddenly it's end of August. And it's like, oh, we haven't been home. I'm Italian. It's like, oh, we haven't been home since last December. And it's like, when are we ever going to go? home yeah and it's the uncertainty of it all that is uh it's quite scary I exactly exactly and it's like, like here it gets it'll start getting cold i mean it'll start getting cold in a few weeks but like cold or like we don't want to be out too much probably in november <laughs> sorry it's a fire and so we, so like we started feeling better about everything when we could get out, when we could take the van and go camping, when we could yeah. like leave and like be, like we don't have come in contact with anybody, but we still were able to like just be outside. And so I'm just like, I feel like we need to reevaluate when the time comes around again, or that won't be a possibility about whether or not we're going to stay here or whether or not we're going to try and leave again. I don't know. <laughs> because I'm guessing it's also difficult with all the states doing diff- having different regulations and rules, and you know you can come in, but you maybe have to quarantine or you don't, and you you know I, I, I yeah it must be well confusing to to decide what to do. So. We had a cabin rental for Tennessee at the end of July, and three weeks before that, 
they um, put Chicago put a quarantine list in place and Tennessee was on the list and we can't like we could take the week we can't take three weeks basically a week to be there and two weeks of quarantine yeah. um, and so we canceled it and then like even with business we had we had we had sessions planned at a sunflower farm in Wisconsin and two days after we announced it Wisconsin got put on the list and I'm like so we've dealt with all these things where it's like where can we go? And then we don't want to plan. Like, I want to reschedule this cabin, but to when? I don't want to schedule it too far out. Like, I could. Yeah. So, so we could maybe go to one in Ohio, but like at this point, the way work goes, we couldn't go until November. And then it's like, who knows what November looks like? Like, I can't schedule yeah. this because so. this is an issue that we have in now here in Europe. Is like. A lot of people from the UK is the summer holidays, so they've gone to holiday in Europe. And now every day is like, oh, if you're in France, you need to quarantine two weeks when you're coming back. Or if you're in Greece or if you're in Croatia. And it's like, um, I didn't know when I left. And now I'm on holiday and I have to come back and I have to do two weeks of quarantine and miss work or school or you know and it's kind of like no so it's the uncertainty of you might be fine now but what about tomorrow exactly and that actually that's a beautiful thing about having the van is that at the very least like we can we can get away at any point we may not be able to leave the state (laughs) but you can travel we can go somewhere that isn't this block in this city and without worrying about hotels or anything like that and we have so many friends so many people we've seen go on rv trips this year so many of oh, our friends I, are I've like, renamed them. <laughs> it's, it's been the year of the rv this year i mean so many people asking about you know what do you do where do you go how do you voice say sorry i have a cat. <laughs> it's just like it was hiding really well until now <laughs> Um, so no it's definitely been a great year for RV and camping I think have been the two things that have uh, driven tourism this year for sure yeah and I'm not I'm not a camper like I could tell you some stories that mom has tried to take me camping and I was like why are we here and what is moving over here and why are we doing this who does not want to sleep inside of like a nice bed yeah i am right there with you i only do camping (laughs) if we go to a music festival that's my only reason and uh, like this year we went um what we call glamping so we actually had our a hut that we rented and they had his own bathroom and its own bedroom and it was, you know, really nice. And I didn't have to share with anyone. And yeah, no, I can't do, I can't do tent. And no, no. If you were to be in, I would not be in. Like, like, people who know me were like, you're going to be one of me first. They're like, we're going to be van lifers. They're like, you? <laughs> you know, it's camping, right? And I'm like, it's not camping. It's not the same. You have a bed. Running water. We have a stove. Yeah, and we you have your own bathroom. Exactly, we spend a lot of time in cities, and so like I think it's and and that was the hard thing before we had the van. I would look up vacations. I'd be like, we're going to go on vacation, especially once we had two kids. Every vacation, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like that's like a couple months of rent. <laughs> like like it's just so expensive. And so no, there's that's as much crazy. As 
everywhere we wanted to go was just so expensive and now we've been to all those places and it, and it isn't that a great experience and you know great memories that you're creating for when the kids going to be older and you know they've been to all these places and they met all these new people and different cultures and different you know i think it's it's amazing yeah yeah, yeah that's, so, that's, that's a lot yeah, of fun yeah. i'm hoping you i can't wait to see how it you know especially for a dear she's only three, so i doubt she'll remember it remember it but it's i feel like these all are part of what makes you who you are i was so going to say like, but those things shape you you know exactly. and then they yeah no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, we have actually an article coming out from you about unschooling, uh, which I think is coming out uh, in five days, three days, five days. So um, I'll make sure I'll tag you in it as well. And thank you so much. And uh, have a lovely day. And I'll uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> thank you. Bye, Tiana. Thank you. Bye-bye. Baby Voyage is pleased to announce the launch of a new membership program designed to give globetrotting parents even more access to expert advice and partner brand discounts. Three affordable price tiers give everyone access to the resources they need for an amazing family adventure. The program aims to teach children about world cultures and connect travel-loving families to one another, whether they are abroad or at home writing to a Baby Voyage pen pal. Visit Baby Voyage's website, www.babyvoyage.com, and click Join in the upper right-hand corner to sign up today. We'll see you there. This podcast was produced by myself, Derek Curtis.